into the city there's a pink bear as a metaphor for your destroyed innocence I'm not really sure well thanks for listening to our Breaking Bad podcast <laughs> called Breaking Not That Good uh, join us now for when we talk about Inuyasha that unforgettable face episode 50 yeah let's redo that hold on <clears throat> hello everybody welcome to Weave You Yasha and other tales Lindsay Sean. Happy episode 50. Happy episode 50. Oh my goodness. Uh, we've been doing this for almost a year. I mean, I think we have four more months or something like that before it's a year. Was... I just saw something. I think we started like on May 29th. May? Wow. Sheesh. It's like the end of May. When I had the brilliant idea to... <laughs> Try and learn how to report, record a podcast and just learn it by doing it instead of learning first. That's okay. It got me to uh, watch Inuyasha finally. And thank God, because we're at uh, the end of a pretty mediocre two-parter with the Kohaku and his sister Sango. I threatened a while ago to give you a Koga cake, but that'll have to wait. Maybe at the end of season two. <laughs> Promised, some would say. <laughs> Delicious. What kind of cake do you like, by the way? Chocolate. Choc- well, I should have. Or cherry chip, if you can find cherry chip. Cherry chip, chip. all right. Cherry well. chip with cream cheese frosting. All right. And it's hard to find cherry chip cake mix. Okay. I bought all the Inuyasha DVDs of the original run. I, you got me that Blu-ray of the four movies, so I don't have to worry about those. But I got the... Um, the disc set you talked about with the jewel oh, yeah. on the side. Uh-huh. But I got it used. It was the whole set just wrapped in saran. So it's like the individuals. I thought they were the cardboard versions, but it looks like they're the plastic slimline re-release versions. Oh. I don't think they're any different on the discs. I just, the packaging is different. Okay. So I was a little let down by that because I wanted the big cardboard. Do you have those? Okay, I do, yeah. That's what the, I think, um, is what the little jewel shards on the side are. They're on that cardboard cover that all those sleeves go into. Yeah. So you're missing the covers. Yeah. So it's the little tiny jewels just on the the spine. Yeah, it gets bigger and bigger. Although it's like disc six or seven where the jewel shard looks like it does now with uh, yeah. Naraku holding it and it's like a little Pac-Man mouth yeah. <laughs> I've almost got all of them <laughs> Kikyo Kamir there's how many seven seasons yeah six and then according to the final disc which is disc seven that they advertise as season seven on the back it says includes season six episodes blah 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 plus it's about four or five episodes from season seven Oh, okay. I'll have to look at my box set. Yeah, sort of like how, how many I have. Bacano is one season, mm. even though the three episodes were for season two. Last 
week you dropped the bombshell that you don't care for Kohaku very much. Eh. <laughs> I don't actively hate him, I guess. Like I do Shippo. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, good news for you regarding Shippo this episode and his Shippo formants. I know, what did he do? Hide under a, a hut? More than that. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> in my notes, I have a note that says stupid Shippo. <laughs> He says, that's smart not using your sword, Inuyasha, because you can't wield it. <laughs> Oops, did I say that out loud? Yes. Guess who's below the 50% mark, finally? <laughs> Shippo. Kagura's just like, ah, thanks. Interesting. Good thing is she doesn't care. It's not part of the plan. Yeah, knew it. Knew it. <laughs> oh, we all knew it. We all saw it coming. This is the sort of thing our heroes have to struggle with, that the villains can attest their, uh, how good they actually can be under stress, and of course. But uh, the conclusion that Inuyasha comes to at the end of the episode was interesting, that they can't kill him. And he's been saying this whole time, we should just kill him, because <laughs> Naraku's using him to fuck with us. And now he's like, no, killing him would make Naraku happy, so just to piss him off, we should keep <laughs> Kohaku alive. Yeah gonna have to die eventually anyway if Naraku wants that jewel shard should just wait till then I guess <laughs> so this two-parter uh, not one of the best you said you maybe were gonna like this one more than the previous one yeah just cuz Sango is gonna kill Kohaku <laughs> <laughs> was going to not like sure she tried you know yasha stopped her yeah i mean she was driving that sword down she was gonna but she was gonna kill herself afterwards was her plan yes she's gonna stab it into her stomach good old the... murder suicide seppuku seppuku which uh, style do you favor the one where you put it in your stomach and move left to right or do you favor the one where you put it in your stomach and then halfway slice it upward into your diaphragm hmm. I guess upward seems like if you go across your guts are going to spill into your lap yeah the there's a movie I saw called Patriotism which uh, it's a short where a soldier commits that but he needs his wife's help because the way he was doing it I think it's left to right and then he has to take a smaller knife and lean on it and stick it into his throat but like he's too weak to do it so she helps him say that's a that's a lot of work yeah but she loved him so i mean how many i don't know if i'd fill up to like stabbing another second knife into my throat after i've just stabbed myself i don't well he died for his country i seem to remember i can't really remember the details that short's only significant because the guy who made it who worked for the japanese government and then later went on to actually do it to himself I think he was disappointed with how the direction the country was going, so they took hostages in one of the government buildings for the sole purpose of him committing suicide in, like, the prime minister's office or something like that. Made into a movie called Mishima by Paul Schrader. Check it out. <laughs> it's a real downer. Because I think he was also in the closet. It's like, this guy's life is just sad. Aww. Yeah wife loved him enough to still help him oh no that was just the film he made oh, oh. this was like his war buddies helped him 
oh. in the office. But I believe the film ends just as he's doing it. Like it's a zoom in on his face as he has the sword in his stomach and then credits roll. I don't know. Check it out. <laughs> You're not going to check this movie out, are you? No. Not at all. <laughs> we'll do a commentary track about it. Anyhow, <laughs> Jesus, we haven't talked about this episode at all. Okay. So. I know it's not safe. <laughs> so we get a recap. A really long recap. Thank God. How? What percentage of Inuyasha do you think are recaps and flashbacks? A lot. <laughs> and it's a deal with the devil they have to make. The, their, their continuity is so intense that all right, we got to treat this episode like someone's viewing it for the first time. Maybe I prefer it to the uh, exposition dialogue. Uh, my friend Eric's rewatching Buffy, and he says they do a lot of that where... Man, the angel's in a bad mood. Well, you know, it's probably because Darla killed herself and uh, gave him a child that he doesn't know what to do with. And you know, he can't have sex or else he'll turn into Angelus. We'll have to deal with that all over again. Huh. Yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll move past it. But Angel's got a baby? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he does. Does Buffy know? Yeah, I believe so. And it was with a different woman. Here's what I think happens. They try to uh, make Angelus reappear. So Darla and the other vampirists, I can't remember, they essentially have a three-way with them to try to reawaken it. <laughs> and there is a, yeah. Boy, this show is saucier than I Yeah, it really is. You thought naked push-ups were. Naked push-ups. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this was on Fox? Yes. Uh, they moved to WB at a certain point, but... Oh, no, the other way around. They were... Oh, God. I'm going to get angry letters from Buffy fans. It was one first, and then the other, and I can't remember which direction it goes. I think it was on WB, and then they moved to Fox for season six and seven. Anyhow. Okay. So, they try to reawaken, reawaken Angelus. I mean, it's sort of like Inuyasha, you know, except... Uh, a little grosser. <laughs> I, I prefer this where don't drop your sword in Yasha or else you'll lose control. But this one was like they were under the misconception that all he has to do is finish and then Angelus will come out. But it was it's true happiness. So mm -hmm. the only Buffy can reawaken Angelus. So it's true so I think if I remember correctly he reawakens and he's kind of in a bad mood so they think oh yes we did it but I think he's just ashamed of himself so oh, then he wow he wow he like burns down the entire place and tries to kill them both typical yeah. male <laughs> what's up done with you two show my goodness mm -hmm. yeah check out Angel wait is this an Angel or is this Buffy this was Angel oh okay yeah. Buffy, at this point, I think is huh. busy. I was going to skip Angel. You could. I could. Yeah, okay. it's not very good. Okay. It doesn't, in my opinion, it doesn't get good until the final season, when all the Buffy writers come over and start. <laughs> like, you guys are fucking this up. Here, let, let's help. <laughs> then get the puppet episode. It's a great one. Smile time. God damn it. Inuyasha. <laughs> Okay, so Naraku's <laughs> plan all along has been to get Kohaku alone with Kagome so he could kill her. Yeah, I guess that was his plan the whole well, time. Kagura distracts 
the other fighters with a horde of demons, and they all think they're after Kohaku. Yeah, it gets a little iffy at that point, though, if this was his plan all along, or if he's exploiting an opportunity using a force ghost. this is his plan. Yeah, because they imply that the only thing Kohaku remembers is orders to kill Kagome, and it's under very specific circumstances of, like, when you're I alone. I think Kagura even says, ha, huh, just like Naraku's plan, or... Yeah. Um, so, oh, and then I think at the end, he was like, well, you've failed to give you to kill Kagome. Yeah. So he was obviously targeting Kagome first. Is it because she can see jewel shards? Because she can do sacred arrows? Or because she's like the weakest? I thought it was because she's really powerful. Like she shot his arm off that one time. And maybe uh, it's for Kikyo. He fears the sacred arrows. Perhaps, yeah. This is not somebody that he should leave alive. But it's a little weird, I agree. And he was a little overzealous about the whole thing, because I'm sure if he just let Kohaku kind of get within their midst for a while, eventually they would be alone together. Yeah, he's the master of the long game. I don't know why yeah. he was impatient. So yeah, he just got a little like, I'm going to do it. But they also imply at the end that Kohaku wanted this to happen. It's like, yeah, please erase my memories. I don't want any of them. Yeah. So bear to live with what he did but don't worry because the one thing he does remember is his sister crying that unforgettable face yeah whose face is it i don't know i've forgotten <laughs> yeah i went through that whole damn episode and i'm like why is it called that unforgettable face and then at the very end i'm like oh that's the thing i like the best <laughs> yeah i did like that title tie-in but it's like oh that's wasn't sad. a spoiler nope it was a very subtle uh thematic lean into what the end's going to be about. Now I'll say I like the action in this episode. I think uh, more bored by just the the in-between stuff. Like, okay. Blah, blah, blah. Kill Kohaku. Oh no, don't kill him. Kohaku's got to be really confused. Like, why do all these women just want to be around me? I'm hot shit. Um, I w let's see. Or should we just... Okay, hold on. <laughs> So uh, Sango and Kilala are kicking ass when they hear Kagome scream, so they're on the way to rescue him. Meanwhile, the boys are cornered, uh -huh. and each side is stalling the other side. And, uh -huh. uh, yeah, they, the boys think they're protecting. Gotta make them think they're in the hut so they can get away. It's like, go ahead, we'll just fight you here. It's all good. And then Kagura is really just stalling them so that they can't go help Kagome. Yeah, so from the previous episode, Kagome was hurt in the shoulder and the arm. Uh, rather, by uh, Kohaku, and she's on the run. Trips yet again. <sighs> but he does pause, like yeah, he can't his quite do it. Raised. And that's the uh, Inuyasha thing. Later, he realizes that he still has a human heart, so perhaps he's not all the way under control. Yeah. By Naraku. Yeah, uh, oh, Sango finds an injured Kagome. Yeah, she comes across it, and Kohaku runs away. She's like, all right, that was, that's her little vine dream come true. Yeah, that's the moment she realizes, okay, I should just murder him and kill myself. It would be better, it would be better if he was dead than under yeah. Naraku's control. She's full of too much pride. <laughs> right? Yep. <laughs> mm. 
as the boys are continuing fighting, this is where Shibo does that big dumb thing of saying the sword. Yeah, Xenoyasha's playing it off. Like, I don't need I don't need to take the sword out. I, for the likes of you. Yeah. Shippo's like, that's Shippo's good. Shippo's like, hey. Because you're too weak. <laughs> Smart, Inuyasha. 48%. <laughs> then he's like, damn it. And then he has to take his sword out. Yeah. And Moroku, who's player of the game, as far as I'm concerned in this episode, uses I, a charm attack. Yes, I wrote down clever Moroku. Spins his little stick around. Okay, he decides to, to suck in everything. Towards the end, yeah. Right now, the centipede uh, oh, crushes the hut. Right. And the Moroku... I never see the centipede's face. Oh, I guess not. <laughs> Nor does it appear again, really, so it must have just gotten sucked up. And... That's when Moroku puts two and two together. It's like, this is all part of the plan. You wanted to get caught, Joker. <laughs> and he uses the wind tunnel to suck everything up. Yes. Even though there are bees there. Yes. Now, at this point, Inuyasha's like, ah, I gotta go help Kagome. Yep. And Kagura is like, oh, no, you don't. And then Moroku's like, hey, if you go after him, I'm gonna turn around and suck you up. Why wouldn't he just do that? He should have tried. That would have She's been... He's an enemy. Uh-huh. Why wouldn't he have just gone... She... Why is he sparing her? She's hot. No, I have no <laughs> idea. For real, I don't know why. Uh, maybe he... He still has to do it. Um, to get the rest of the demons up. So I don't know how easy it would have been just to do that. Or why wouldn't she try to kill him there, too? Yeah. So it was like a weird standoff that didn't make any sense. Yeah. And then it really was worthless because she just flew away anyway. Yeah. So if I were in the writer's room, I would have definitely said, no, she could try to go after Inuyasha. Roku could then try to suck her up. And then she would have to use her wind against his wind to get away. Yep. That would have made... But yeah, the whole, don't you dare move. Or I'll suck you up. Like, isn't she an enemy? You guys don't care about killing Naraku's other incarnations. Why? I don't know. Why do you? I mean, you guys don't like her. <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe they're going to get her on her, their team later. Mm. She'll show us offside. Moroku's going to seduce that. I know that for sure. But he said that even he wasn't interested in that. Oh, he's playing hard to get. <laughs> Now, she's into Sashomaru or nothing. Uh-huh. So Las Vegas or bust with that. <laughs> and Moroku appears to be poisoned. Yep, again. And Shippo goes. It doesn't seem as big of a deal. No, because they kind of brush past the whole get an antidote thing in the next episode. He's just like, seems to be tired in this one. And he can't do anything. Gummy's got those little crazy cold compresses that stick her to your head. <laughs> yep. And uh, Kohaku's still running. Sango waylays him and they have a little fight. And Inuyasha has uh, comforted, or caught up to Kigome and is comforting her. That was pretty badass when she pulls her sword out and she's running with a sword in one hand and <laughs> a boomerang in the other. Yeah. Her boomerang made strange sound effects in this episode, though, when Kohaku hits it with, the, um, with his weapon. 
it's like a weird thunk and it just made me think that is this thing made out of wood and paper mache it has to be stronger than that so I thought it was made out of bone yeah. I thought it was made out of like demon bone I know we've, we saw it get cut in half in a previous episode so now I'm just worried about that boomerang I know there's an episode where it cracks and she has to go back to her village for supplies to repair it Ooh. I remember that but they just glossed right over that whole being cut in half thing. I mean, yeah. they made such a big deal out of a crack, and then when it's cut in half, they're just like, no, nah, no, nah, it's better. Yeah, we just, uh, Totosai repaired it at the end. <laughs> just like uh, Totosai heals Moroku the end. <laughs> he got the antidote, it turns out. <laughs> but uh, this conversation with Kagome, Inuyasha said, oh, I gotta run and save Kohaku because he still has a human heart. She says, Inuyasha, he could have killed me. He hesitated. He didn't. And then she goes, you remember when you tried to kill me in the second episode? I almost <laughs> fell off a bridge. <laughs> and he laughs and goes, huh, we've come a long way. Okay, see ya. <laughs> well, now you're in love with me. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> Sango, she's got the drop on Kohaku. And they get even more mileage out of that shot of him staring at her chest <laughs> they got it in the the recap oh yes got it in and this scene flashback thinking about him that flashback of them standing next to each other i don't remember that happening that was right after she saved him from that weird praying mantis demon with the really long hair <laughs> okay so and they were doing that weird they were yeah, facing she, each other thing she was they were facing her and then she walks past him so that they're back to back and says like you're my brother of course so all whatever right she says okay so they weren't looking at each other when she shares that information and uh they made sango look too sexy uh sitting over him like that just a little bit <laughs> <laughs> well her damn sword is sheathed when she's on top of Kohaku. Uh-huh. When he threw that chain around it. No. Oh, I'm sorry. No. After Inuyasha knocks it out of her hand. Yeah. It's sheathed. It's like he just punched out of your hand. How to get back in your sheath? Because I remember when she, her sitting in and she just has that. And I'm like. She had another one. Where'd you, where'd you get that? I don't where'd know. Where'd you put that back? Oh, I also wrote down something interesting, too. Ooh. So we have to wait. He is towards the end. Okay. Yeah, Inuyasha, his, he says something weird. Oh. He says, don't jump the gun. Which I don't think is a feudal Japanese saying. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> I don't think they had muskets at this point or long distance uh, running. Or no, that would be uh, relay running. That's where that phrase comes from, right? Jumping the gun. Oh, yeah. The starter yeah, pistol. it was when he was, you know, when he was finally telling Sango, "Look, we have to keep him alive because Naraka wants him, wants us to kill him. So we're gonna piss off Naraka." And he goes, "So next time you see him, don't jump the gun." Oh well, he also like, knows what fiber and rabies are, <laughs> and he should really only know what spaceships are. <laughs> but I just thought, huh, it's an interesting thing for you to say, Niyasha. It's an interesting thing that Sango just goes okay instead of what what jump what's a gun <laughs> well we also are glossing over the fact that okay uh do you think i think 
Kagome would need to be immunized to go back to ancient Japan. Like get some malaria stuff, all kinds of weird diseases back then. Although if she's immunized now, maybe I'm sure she is. It'd be fine. She has, she has to school. Well, her mom's an anti-vaxxer, so I don't know. Oh. Maybe she'd have to do it. I don't know. People are crazy. Mom seems like she's got a good head on her shoulders. Well, that's the one thing that she's crazy about. She thinks uh, it's an unnecessary uh, government overreach just to get your kids vaccinated. The, the thinking tree told her not to. Exactly. Exactly. The thinking tree. No, uh, but it would be worse, I think, if Sango ever came to modern day. Like she would need like a shot immediately. But Inuyasha's half demon, so he's probably fine. Yeah. He only sneezes when people are talking about. Him. That is a callback. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so Inuyasha shows up and saves Kohaku with the chain thing after Sango cries right over her brother, scarring him for life some more. For afterlife. Yeah. She was she was just really hesitating. It was when um Inuyasha comes busting through the bushes and says, No wait that she like drives the sword down. Yep. Inuyasha's quick. Says we should keep him alive, just to stick it to that asshole. <laughs> and then Kagura shows up to brag. They take me back home. We failed in our mission, but you guys are so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought Inuyasha was gonna start slapping Kohaku to like remember everything. <laughs> He just doesn't listen to Sango because I guess Sango has bad ideas in his mind. So it's pretty much whatever Sango wants, he has to disagree with. Yeah. So when Sango's like, "No, we have to keep him alive," and Yash is like, "No, he's got to die, right?" No, Sango's like, "The only way is to kill him," and he's like, "No." He's a real flip flopper. <laughs> yeah, Kagura reveals that it's Kohaku's idea to suppress all of the memories. Yes, that Naraku was just doing what he wanted. Yeah, and Sango's the one who's like, stop talking, don't make him remember. And Nidiyasha goes, come here, brat. Wake up, remember everything you did. <laughs> so no, he has to remember. But yes, Sango's like protective. Like, no, don't want him to remember slaughtering our whole family. Stabbing me in the back. What a weirdo. <laughs> she doesn't want that. And then Kagura flies away. On a With Kohaku. He's there, too, with his arm around her. <laughs> Staring at her boobs. <laughs> Learn this from you, sister. <laughs> and uh, Inuyasha informs Sango of what Kagome said. Says, how's this on for size? He still has a human heart. So don't go jumping the feudal equivalent of a <laughs> sword. Sword strike. She calls, uh, oh, he says to Sango that her and her brother are annoying. What an annoying family, he says. True. It's a really mean thing to say. <laughs> Still kind of accurate. Yeah. They've been annoying for two episodes. Sango's annoying when Kohaku's around. Yeah, I agree. When he's not around, she's not annoying. She needs to have a weakness. I'm fine with that. Uh, can't she be afraid of the dark or something? <laughs> That'd be a great weakness. Be afraid of bees. <laughs> oh, well, no, that's Moroku's. I know. Two for one. No, it's got to be something different. 
maybe once a month uh, she gets really bad inflammation in her joints and can't move as well. Oh no, wait, that's because once a month <laughs> Inuyasha has the moon thing, so it can't be a monthly thing. Mm-mm. Maybe she's she... colorblind. <laughs> she's red green colorblind. <laughs> She can't tell when Inuyasha's in demon form because she thinks his eyes are green, not red. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, she has face blindness. That's even better. She. <laughs> hey, it's a real struggle for some of us. <laughs> I know. I have face and name blindness, so I forget who people are all the time. Family functions. I forgot my dad had another sister, and she just died. Oh. So he's like, Dana died. I was like, oh, great. And then I pull my brother's go. Okay. When was the last time I saw her? I think when you were like 10. Okay. I don't feel bad. I mean, I do feel bad. I, oh. I don't feel bad. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> Must have really loved her. Anyway, if Sango had that weakness, it'd be great. She'd just walk up to, hey, Niyasha, and it's the Shomaru. But fine, let's give her a little brother that won't die. That's fine, too, I guess. Well, final scene I also liked. The two things I liked the best in this episode were Moroku kicking some ass and taking some names and bravely sucking all the things in. And uh, this final scene where Naraku basically... Sitting half-wrapped in a baboon pelt. <laughs> he no longer has a castle, I guess, because he used that thing to lure our heroes there. So he just sits on a mountain. <laughs> I also assumed he was preparing his next... Uh, hot pot just in case he loses this current body it's just like I better get a hollowed out mountain up here real quick hmm. get a bunch of demons in there they'll fight it's hmm. interesting and he's just thinking about the destruction he's wrought and drinking full the <laughs> sorrow of Kohaku <laughs> he puts his hand on Kohaku's head like, here are your memories back and he goes no stop okay we'll take them away I'll keep you alive. Remember, this is what you want. And then uh, Kohaku still has the lingering memory of her sister, or his sister's crying face. And that's what we end on. Yup. Oh, this episode. Uh, I liked it better than the last episode. But as a whole, the two episodes, not, yeah. not my favorite. The last one was built upon the suspense of not knowing whether or not Kohaku is working for Naraku, which if you've ever seen a television show before, or even this one, you know, of course he is. Of course that's what's happening. And this one was just a lot of cool action with uh, yeah. some meh moments. Yeah, Inuyasha and Miraku pretty much fought their whole episode. Yep. An endless horde of demons. They did. They did a good job. I don't think the demons were really trying to kill them, though. So let's not praise them too much. <laughs> Those poor demons. Yeah, they're probably thinking they're, they're just... on a final mission. Like, we're going to do great for our boss. <laughs> and then it's just like, eh, it's not a really a mission you need to succeed on. I mean, what about the life of a demon? What about that little ogre guy with that giant necklace? I mean, what if he thought he was going home to his wife that night? Yeah, his kids. He like, plays with his sons. I love you, Dad. Love you too, son. <laughs> I'm 
Julia Mom's bad soup. They think bad soup's good. Everything's the opposite. It's like the Adams family. When they walk into the house, there's a plate of dirt. They throw it across the floor. It's the opposite of taking your shoes off. A plate of dirt. <laughs> I like it. Say so next time you come over, I'll have a plate of dirt by the door. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'd have to clean that up. <laughs> you would have to clean that up. It'd be a great bit. It'd be hilarious. But we probably couldn't do it. And it'd be just for us. Well, thank you for listening, <laughs> listeners, to that unforgettable, uh, you know, whatever the title of this was. <laughs> Kohaku's found memory. He knows where it is. He just doesn't, you know, acknowledge it. He put it in storage, I think. Yes. It's like a bin you put. And then you open the bin back up and you go, all right, this stuff's in there. (laughs) I haven't seen this since high school. (laughs) You go, I was bullied by that guy. I was bullied by that guy. Jeez, I had a shitty uh, kindergarten. How do I look at this? He puts it back. Yeah. Forget about it for another decade. Play video games. Am I getting too personal with myself now? Damn. <laughs> Lindsay, anything else to say about this episode? I think we covered it. All right. What's your least favorite Breaking Bad character? I think we covered it with Breaking Bad okay. and Buffy. And I thought I was about to go into something else on Buffy, but I can't remember what. Uh, Just saying, anyone who's willing to do a three-way might well, it's not the other be ones, open to so. multiple partners. Yeah, and I believe Darla's been with a few vampires. Vampires are very promiscuous. They are in True Blood, too. They're not in Twilight. But not Twilight. in Twilight. Because no, they're all Mormons in Twilight. That's the metaphor there. Yep. Strange. Okay, uh, check us out. Uh, the, the Buffy Brigade. Uh, breaking Not That Good. Maybe we'll have to do Buffy after we finish Inuyasha. Really? <laughs> and you've seen it, and I haven't. I'll switch. Oh, my God. That might be a good idea. Maybe we'll do Dorarara. <laughs> I keep pushing that. I'll make you watch uh, Kino's Journey. I kind of want to do Sailor Moon next, but uh, we'll see. That's a long one, too. There's 200 episodes and three movies. Okay. Uh, Vampire Hunter D was mentioned. Devil May Cry Baby. We'll play Devil May Cry. Uh, <laughs> Paranoia Agent. Uh, Evangelion. I'll make you watch all of them all over again. I'll make it. Ghost in the it's Shell. Not pen pen. <laughs> Hashtag not enough pen pen. <laughs> Four out of ten. Not enough pen. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>